This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. We've all spent countless hours on hold just waiting for a customer service representative to answer the smallest of questions. But what if your query could be handled by a bot that acted and communicated like a human? That reality is already here, and you may have experienced it without even knowing. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Evan Cohn, the Chief Business Officer and Head of Marketing at Pipestream, discusses how conversational AI is changing the way we communicate and why call centers are a thing of the past. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we are joined by special guest, Evan. What is going on? Hi, Ian. Great to connect with you here. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, great to have you as well. So today we are going to be talking about some of the really cool stuff that you are doing at Pipestream. Uh, and of course, we'll get into your background. So first, how did you get started in marketing? Yeah, so I've had a number of roles in the marketing and customer experience space, particularly thinking through strategies, how enterprises can foster meaningful relationships with their audience. Today, um, I'm Chief Business Officer at Pipestream. Um, I joined our CEO, Richard Smullen, uh, when we were at Concept Stage back in 2015 and brought our product to market, first for SMBs and now for some of the world's biggest companies. Uh, So I lead marketing. Uh, I also built out our customer experience team at Pipestream. Uh, And it's, it's been a fun ride. Feels like we're just getting started the world of AI and automation and customer experience is so vast. We're excited about the future. Uh, and before Pipestream, I led a management consulting practice for a few years serving enterprise companies in a number of industries, including financial services and the public sector. Uh, before that led growth for an ed tech company in Silicon Valley. And we're going to be talking a bunch about customer experience on the show today. You are uh, you're definitely at the center of a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things. I don't want to say buzzwords because they're not buzzwords because it's real, but things like uh, CX and AI um, are so critical right now. So we're going to get into a bunch of that. But for those of our listeners who don't know, tell us a little bit about Pipestream. Sure. So the problem we're solving at Pipestream is that consumers hate calling call centers. And they hate emailing customer support and waiting days to hear back. Uh, And this has been the case for a long time. Big companies know this, but they struggle to activate and always on presence across the different communication channels because it often takes them five to even 10 vendors for them to become truly a conversational brand. So Pipestream provides an all-in-one cloud messaging solution for large enterprises, particularly those that are looking to keep up with consumer expectations and engage them on their preferred channels. So it's a conversational AI platform with rich user experiences, deep security to its core, and a patented messaging carrier designed to handle very high volumes of business to consumer interactions. 
So we work with many of the world's largest companies who have used the Pipestream platform to earn dramatic increases in net promoter score, uh, customer satisfaction, uh, and earn increases uh, in terms of cost efficiencies and new opportunities for revenue generation. And so how does CX and marketing blend together at this point in time? I and mean, we talk about it a bunch on the show about kind of your CX is the new brand, right? Because now customers can talk about you in public and they can tweet at you and they can do all these things to share their sentiment about you. So your experience is more critical than ever. But I think, you know, in the past, if you were kind of a, a dyed in the wool brand marketer, you would be as far away from customer experience probably as as you could get. So how are these things blending? And consumers have, have caught on to that and have for quite a while. There's nothing more frustrating than when you're engaging with a brand in your life, but you're clearly talking to people in different silos within that company or customer service, having their certain talking points being separate from billing or being separate from marketing that might have new promotional offers. So the whole concept of their nine to five customer service or nine to five hours where you can engage with the brand, that's really dying. To your point, there's an increasing blend uh, in how brands communicate with their audiences across different uh, departments within that company. So conversational AI and different digital transformation technologies are increasingly enabling brands to have consistent, uh, personalized, yet scalable conversations with consumers, particularly with, uh, with new advancements in AI and automation. And that, that's where we focus a lot of our time at Pipestream. Yeah, so walk me through what, a, what an example company would, would be looking for. What is kind of the issue that they're coming to you with? Yeah, so whether it's insurance, filing a claim, or booking a cruise with a travel company, maybe not right now, but uh, hopefully in a few months, uh, or applying for a mortgage with a bank. These are all topics that include a a transaction of some nature that you need to get done as you engage with that brand. So rather than just looking up information on frequently asked questions website, conversational AI allows you to interact uh, with a brand in a personalized manner where it knows your context, it knows you as a user, and you can actually get something done. So as opposed to it costing anywhere from 6 to $15 uh, per call for a company to field this type of question, conversational AI enables that uh, capability at just a tenth of the cost for that company. So take, for example, uh, an insurance use case of uh, a rock hits your windshield as you're driving, and you need to submit a claim to your auto insurance provider. So, you know, rather than waiting on hold 17 minutes or you know, sending an email that isn't secure with a lot of personal information, now you can go to that company's website and engage via web messaging and automation to go through really a delightful journey of filing your claim uh, that has some personality to it potentially. Uh, and is rapid speed, is ultra secure with encryption, and doesn't depend on talking to someone who has a specific skill set. It can have a wide scope of automation where ultimately you can submit your claim and even go back there to check on the status. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there is 
more room than ever to make a great experience, but also more room than ever to make a bad experience. So like what what are what are companies doing right now that are kind of like not meeting not meeting the bill because it seems like you know communicating with a bot or something like that could be awesome but also you know we thought that way when you could you know dial a phone number and then go through an automated messaging and not talk, not have to talk to a human right so uh there's kind of both sides of the same coin absolutely and you know there's been a flooding of the market of basic single task chatbots really in a race for a lot of brands to showcase innovation by quickly drumming up a, a bot and putting it on their website, regardless of whether it has transactional functionality or, or deep security to it. So over the last few years, there's been a really wide spectrum. And on one end, elementary single task chatbots that someone can build in their dorm room in two hours. And on the other end of the spectrum, advanced, secure, transactional, scalable, personalized conversational AI that is user-focused with context and can deliver a hyper-personalized experience with privacy, with speed, and a wide scope to it. So the, the way that a company goes about implementing this type of solution really matters. Uh, while a lot of uh, platforms kind of toss something over the wall to a big company, to, to go figure out. It often lands with an IT team that's looking at things from more of a, a technical perspective as opposed to a customer experience perspective. So where we've seen brands really excel in delivering business outcomes with conversational AI, it's those that have embraced the design thinking approach uh, where they're empathy mapping their users, really understanding what are the user pain points today and how uh, consumers are interacting with that brand and how is the solution ultimately going to relieve those pain points. And that exercise you know, requires really defining specific user personas and looking at a solution like conversational AI through their lens. Uh, so ultimately, it's a user experience initiative and not uh, an IT initiative. And for those companies that have looked at it that way, you know, we've seen upwards of 30% you know, plus increases in customer satisfaction and NPS and 90% plus cost savings, again, compared to a 6 to $15 average calls to field very basic questions. So compared to a traditional call into a call center that costs on average 6 to $15 for a business to field that interaction, that could be a password reset or the filing of a claim. Um, or someone changing their TV subscription or transferring bank account funds. Often these are simple system checks uh, where an agent in a call center is already reading from a script, very limited in, in what they're allowed to say. Uh, so automation instead of that can allow for upwards to 80% of containment of interactions, meaning 80% of engagements don't even need to escalate to a human in a call center if they're designed really well, if they're integrated with a number of backend systems for that company uh, that enables a consumer to engage across a range of topics in a, in a delightful user experience. So it can cost companies a lot, even just to field tickets and emails, and certainly for an agent to be talking to a single uh, consumer on the phone, whereas automation can handle millions of interactions simultaneously. In 
I'd imagine when you're, you know, you're working with companies in the in the Fortune 500, what's like the volume of the type of interactions that these companies are having on a day-to-day basis? Many brands we see are interacting at, at a scale of millions per week, per month, servicing a, a pretty large consumer base across the US and, and many times globally. And so who manages this before you know, you're working with them? Is it IT? So it, we've seen a lot of variation with different companies in, in terms of which departments they, they mandate this type of project with. So some have a customer experience leader take this on as the executive sponsor. Uh, occasionally, this also falls under uh, a marketing leader. Other companies have assigned it to IT teams. When CX leaders and brand leaders are uh, empowered to take on this initiative on behalf of a company, because uh, that ensures that they're maintaining a, a user-centric focus to the project, um, as opposed to just having an obsession with the quality of the natural language understanding um, or how many integrations can be included. So less of a seeing it as a technical project, more from a design thinking standpoint. And you talked a little bit about MPS. You know, I feel like there's still so many folks that aren't looking to NPS as a North Star, um, specifically when it comes to marketing, because it's kind of like a, a very product-centric thing. But it should be a shared marketing, you know, metric, right? I'm, I'm curious, like, how do you help with NPS, and how should how do you think about it as a head of marketing uh, and as a chief marketer for your company? Sure. Well, messaging and and conversational AI really allow for a lot of flexibility in terms of a company's preferences on that feedback loop and how they want to measure customer satisfaction. So we've seen brands activate a a zero to 10 net promoter uh, survey, even in the form of just one question at the end of uh, an engagement um, or a happy or a sad face. If you think about just what's the required cognitive weight for a user to provide that feedback. If they're on the phone and they're having to answer four questions, that participation rate is going to be very low. Now, if you're in a a digital messaging experience with the brand and as you finish, there's a happy, sad face, uh, it's just a single tap. Uh, It's an effortless experience in terms of providing that feedback to the company, whether that was a quality experience for them. So we think about customer satisfaction really through the lens of making sure we can have high participation rates from that consumer audience so that it's a statistically significant data point uh, and, and delivering it in a way that, that is truly effortless so that it doesn't break the experience, but rather is a, just a seamless continuation of it. Can we talk happy and sad faces? Because I've ha- I had a, a, a recent experience where I needed the like triple sad face and, I, and it wasn't there. But I really, I love... It's one of the slickest, I think, uh, customer feedback mechanisms that we've uh, had over the last few years is just how many products just give you that quick, that quick just tap a button, either a one to 10 or that or the sad face, happy face. I feel like we need a few more options of like the absolutely furious face because there's times where, you know, you get off the phone with a bank or you get off the phone with whoever 
and you just had like an absolutely miserable, this is like the, not to invoke the, uh, the great, uh, you know, Karen of the sky. That's like, I want to talk to your manager, but there are times where you're so frustrated that you do want someone to know and you don't feel heard. And I feel like that's such a lost opportunity for the company because you want to know that feedback. Like that's extremely critical. And if someone has that bad of an experience, like they're just not going to say anything and they're going to leave your product, right? So I, I'm curious, do you, do you see any data from, uh, from those sort of happy, sad things? Well, we absolutely see a higher participation rate when it is simplified uh, to just a few emojis because it's an easy tap. Uh, again, compared to a multi-question survey at the end of an experience. Uh, so we're all about the emojis, recognize that that's just a modern, informal way that so many consumers communicate today, especially with their friends and family via text message. Why can't that be incorporated into the ways they engage with the brands in their life? And you know, we think so, so much that our mission statement at Pipestream uh, is literally transforming the customer experience from sad face emoji to happy face emoji. <laughs> Uh, because we think the customer experience can ultimately be simplified uh, to that level. A, a consumer is e either happy with an engagement or they aren't. And it usually has to do with, were they able to get a transaction done? Were they respected in the process? Was their data protected? Was it an effortless way to engage that company? And certainly brands are getting creative in how they use them, um, including with surveys. I don't know that I've seen uh, a poop emoji as being uh, the ultimate angry face. Uh, but maybe someone will do that soon. I'm sure they already have. I'm with it. I, <laughs> yeah, we should because it's a huge deal. I, I always think of it as such a lost opportunity. Jason Lemkin always talks about uh, that it's like the the maddest customers will never give you feedback, right? They're just going to leave. They're like, because you're beyond hope, right? You're beyond repair. So they're like, I'm just not even going to leave feedback. Yeah. It, you know, emojis are like the new form of hieroglyphics. Uh, for the modern day. But emoji sentiment is actually a highly studied space as well. Uh, you know, there's so much buzz around AI and, and automation, uh, but some of the best AI out there actually includes emoji sentiment, uh, and we've incorporated this into our own product. Uh, given that you know, basic classifiers or algorithms that are used within AI to understand uh, a user's question, those have largely become a commodity today and not necessarily a differentiator in, in how brands use AI. But incorporating some, several elements of AI, including emoji sentiment, sentiment analysis, tone analysis, so understanding a user's certain state, you know, are they joyful, are they fearful, and then the tone measuring what's the degree uh, of that emotion, and then responding accordingly in an automated format uh, to adapt to that disposition of the consumer. That capability enables a much more personalized uh, and likely a much higher customer satisfaction output type of experience. What about 5G? How is this going to change things for marketers? Yeah, 5G is really impacting, I think even more so as a technology breakthrough, it is really impacting consumers' expectations for immediacy. Now, 5G is maybe the most hyped tech of 2019. Uh, it's probably going for a repeat in 2020. In talking to many marketing and customer experience leaders, we're seeing this 
as further evidence that uh, the death of the call center is being accelerated. Given these shifts in consumer expectations, it's just a new paradigm. Nine to five customer service is dead. No one wants to wait on hold for 17 minutes. So it's, it's further pushing brands to think through, how can I have an always on presence for my consumers? Much similar to how Lemonade or N26 or Netflix or Peloton or Instacart uh, enable all of these incredible growth stories of companies often include a customer experience perspective that includes that uh, always on element. Yeah. So we've talked about always on uh, a bunch already, but I, I want to go into it a little bit more because this sounds really, really hard. And obviously you've talked about how, you know, AI can, can be a huge piece of that. But with so much of work life changing, obviously right now with with the pandemic, but also just in general, buying decisions happen so often when you're sitting in bed at 1030 at night or, you know, when you wake up super early in the morning, as you mentioned, it's not a nine to five experience anymore. I just bought, you know, a, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of tech products products online the other day, uh, you know, at like midnight or something like that. And it's, you have nobody to talk to. If any of those sites had had any responsive chat or any type of, of always on help, like it could have helped the buying decision and one of them would have really stood out, you know, now you do get a little bit of like, Hey, nobody's here right now kind of message. And those are the forward thinking companies. So how can marketers stay always on? How can they turn their websites you know, into selling machines because um, I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, meat on the bone, so to speak. Sure. Well, I, I'd encourage marketers to think more broadly about the channels that are relevant to their audience. You know, one example of that is lots of marketers have invested heavily in display advertising, so banner ads on, on different publisher websites. Um, often because they didn't know where else the place to spend to really build brand awareness. And uh, it certainly served the likes of you know, Google Display Network and the Trade Desk uh, and others. But some brands now are thinking through, well, how can I create, how can I make display advertising a two-way communication? So we're seeing brands now go conversational in their advertising where within you know, for example, a 300 by 600 IAB display unit, rather than just seeing a, a video about a product or a static photo, there's actually a conversational interface uh, where you can engage in two-way messaging with a brand, uh, whether it's to apply for a loan uh, or a mortgage or you know, a curated path to purchase for an electric toothbrush, uh, you name it. So a user doesn't have to jump uh, to a third-party website in order to have that experience. They can have it right then and there. So I, I think examples like that, you know, bring uh, paint a, a different type of picture for what it means to meet customers where they are. Uh, but in terms of marketers thinking through what are the most optimal channels to engage my audience, there's a lot of myths around the omni-channel being the be-all, end-all. I mean, for one, once a brand has an omni-channel presence, that doesn't necessarily mean customer experience is suddenly in good shape. Um, and not all channels are created equal, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or a website or SMS or phone or email. And many brands also 
you know, think that if you enable automation in how you engage with your audience on certain channels, that experience can be replicated exactly the same across each channel. Whereas we've seen brands really nail it when they tailor an experience, so B2C engagement, specific to the user experience parameters of that channel. And I can go into more detail on some of those strengths and weaknesses of each channel. Uh, But a lot of that depends on product and services offered by a company and the demographics of the audience they serve. As the head of marketing for your company, what are some of the campaigns that you've done? Uh, And it doesn't have to be here or or in previous companies that were your particular favorites. Yeah, well, as an early stage company, I think any startup uh, tries to think creatively or what are some ways that we can stand out in terms of uh, communicating our brand promise, uh, our value proposition, and proving the truth behind it. So, you know, in addition to, you know, campaigns across LinkedIn uh, or Google, certainly have a, a significant presence at a wide variety of customer experience events. Uh, we also wrote handwritten letters to CEOs of companies across the country just about their customer experience, uh, some of the holes in those journeys, and how we could really add value in partnering with them to bring them into the digital age, have a more consumer a real customer-centric mindset of how they engage with those audiences. So we actually were able to engage quite a few CEOs from Fortune 500 just through that letter-writing campaign. I probably would have been the last to guess that uh, a traditional direct-mail approach would work for (laughs) an AI startup. Uh, But that was one we had a lot of fun with. Another uh, was when we created a resume for our own AI, uh, which is called Dovetail. Uh, we sent a resume for Dovetail actually uh, as a job application to over a thousand openings to companies that have that were hiring for a call center agents. Really, with uh, uh, the message that why hire hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of agents uh, when you can put AI and automation to work? Um, that grabbed the attention of uh, a number of CX and marketing leaders as well. Wall Street Journal. Uh, those types of campaigns have helped really paint a picture for a brand and CX leaders to see how conversational AI can make a meaningful impact uh, in their day-to-day. Any, uh, any tips on writing the handwritten letters? You know, it's, there are a lot of uh, <laughs> vendors out there that will even do a, a robot handwritten letter so you can send out a thousand um, that you know, are written in pen ink. But I you know, do your best to really personalize them to the industry, to the use cases that are relevant where you know, your product will add value. You know, there's still a, there's absolutely an authenticity factor there um, that's important to, to building trust. Okay, so for companies that are hesitant to make a switch to have, you know, CX fold under... Uh, marketing or who are trying to figure that out, what would be some advice that you could give to get some buy-in to the idea of, uh, you know, AI helping or replacing uh, some of the other ways of doing it? With the current pandemic, we've actually seen a lot of marketing and customer experience leaders double down in their digital transformation projects, recognizing 
that automation needs to play as an important role as ever in their efforts to you know, further build strong relationships with, with their audiences. You know, what I'd say to them is, as you think through these digital initiatives, how is that going to help your brand build trust? And one of my favorite authors, Charles Green, wrote about this thing called the trust equation. So he literally broke down how a brand builds trust, how people build trust um, to a formula. He says trustworthiness equals credibility plus reliability plus intimacy, all divided by self-orientation. So I'll, I'll break that down. You know, credible, as you think through the lens of, of your brand and some of the digital efforts you're undertaking, you know, is, is my brand promise true? Are the, the claims I'm making to the market, can I validate those with you know, third-party data uh, with testimonials? Reliability, will I be there when it counts? You know, if a customer has a cable outage at 2 a.m., uh, are they literally just left in the dark? Uh, or is there someone who can engage with them or can they self-serve? Uh, intimacy, can I share sensitive data without it being abused? You know, in cases of financial services or, or healthcare, uh, a lot of people need help at different times of the day and that requires you know, personally identifiable information. Do your digital initiatives fully appreciate all the compliance that surrounds those types of use cases. And then you know, that equation being divided by self-orientation, is there transparency for my brand? I think a great example of that is Lemonade, the new digital insurance company. Uh, Lemonade put out a, a newsletter titled, We Suck Sometimes. I don't think you'd ever hear you know, Allstate or State Farm. State Farm, which by the way, has 19,000 call center agents, just a very different business model. You know, the, Lemonade's a good story of that, that transparency factor, uh, that unless your brand is, is really being honest and it's a perception of that honesty, it's going to undercut any credibility, reliability, or intimacy that you're showcasing. Um, so this type of outlook, that trust equation, can serve as a good North Star for brand leaders as they align their efforts with really the ultimate purpose of their digitalization initiatives. Okay, let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. Marketing Trends is brought to you by Salesforce all the time since the very beginning. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, that is Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction, automate engagement with each customer. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. We love them. You will too. Check them out. Lightning round questions. Evan, are you ready? Let's do it. Number one, what app on your phone is the most fun? Oh, I'd have to say Robinhood. Yeah. And I know they've won a lot of UX design awards. Uh, it's really made it easy to, to trade stocks. Uh, it's an effortless experience. I love it. What book or podcast have you read or listened to recently that you particularly enjoyed? Yeah, Voices of CX is a great podcast. I've talked to a number of great industry leaders on some of the latest trends. Uh, so I tune into that regularly. What habit have you picked up during shelter in place? I've actually gone back to watercolor painting, believe it or not, uh, which I hadn't done for a very long time. But hey, I took a stab at it. It's a way to just have a creative outlet, uh, get away from my screen. So it's been fun. What do you do for fun? 
So I enjoy kiteboarding and I got into kiteboarding when I lived in the Bay Area, um, now on the East Coast where there are a few good spots for that as well. Um, but it gets you outside, it gets your blood rushing. So yeah, that's just something I've, uh, I've taken up lately. Well, the wind was whipping this weekend, so uh, I'm sure I'm sure it was uh, it was wild out there. Yes, definitely. Certain months are, are better than others uh, in terms of temperature and the reliability of the wind. And I generally try to avoid having uh, what they call kite mares uh, out in the water where you have to rescue yourself. So on a day I don't have a kite mare and I'm, it's smooth sailing, uh, it's a ton of fun. What's your best advice for a first time head of marketing? I'd say before in investing in you know, a variety of demand gen channels, make sure your positioning is really solid and have a very well-defined brand promise and identify credible ways to prove that that brand promise is true. Uh, and there's probably no better way to develop both of those elements, uh, the brand promise and the truth behind it, by doing user interviews and studying user data uh, and then you know, leveraging those testimonials to uh, build credibility in the market, but also serve as a great feedback loop into your product so you can further evolve it. Well, Evan, that's it. That's all we got for today. Thanks so much for joining the show. We appreciate you stopping by. Any final thoughts? Anything to plug? Well, Ian, that was a lot of fun. I uh, appreciate you having me on the show and looking forward to talking again. Awesome. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands. 
to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.